This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm Eliza Bozenski, your host, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism, and this morning I'm speaking with Marjorie Madfis, the president of an organization called Yes, She Can, Inc. Marjorie, good morning. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning. Delighted to be here. So uh, we found out about your organization back in March. Um, I know that it goes beyond that, uh, but we found out about Yes, She Can, I think by way of um, learning about an event that you had scheduled uh, and that we were interested in supporting and, and attending um, because there's a lot of crossover in terms of the, the people we serve um, and the focus on autism, obviously. Um, and since that time, we've obviously had to hold off on this interview for a while because uh, because of the pandemic, unfortunately. But but um, I'm really pleased to have you on the show today, and I'd love for you to take a few minutes just to give us some background about yourself and how you came to become the president of Yes, She Can, and also uh, tell us a lot about Yes, She Can, Inc. and what you all do. So I had a 30-year career in business before I founded Yes, She Can. Um, I uh, have a background in marketing, and I have a daughter who is now 24. Uh, she was diagnosed with autism when she was two. Um, I had been working at IBM at the time. And uh, so through her life, uh, being a, a diligent mom, I kept looking for opportunities for her to develop skills. And so by the time she was in high school, she was participating in programs that had internships. And I felt, as a business person, that a lot of the things that they were focusing were very task-oriented and very specific to a particular location. But they really didn't focus on what I think of as the core skills one needs to be successful at work. And to, and, and these are well-documented, but they're about motivation and perseverance, about flexibility, understanding somebody else's perspective, because it's no longer about you when you're at work. You know, when you're at school, it's all about you working on your academics. But at work, it's about the boss's priority, the customer's priority. Um, being adaptable, uh, being able to manage your emotions. Uh, so I felt that if I created a work environment that my daughter was actually motivated to work in, that she might be more open to learning some of these more challenging skills for herself. So my daughter's passion is American Girl Dolls, and ever since she was 11, she kept insisting that she was going to have her career working at the American Girl Place in the city. And I thought, well, how is she going to develop these skills if she's just learning how to you know, put labels on shopping bags or pull out-of-date merchandise off of a shelf and then get upset if a customer walked down the aisle while she was doing it. So I thought uh, there is a large demand for used American Girl dolls, and uh, there's a large audience for less expensive um, product in that category. And uh, there's probably a uh, whole collection of dolls sitting in people's closets, and they don't know what to do with them. So combining that, um, I said, well, I could create a resale boutique. And because people with autism are concrete thinkers for the most part, um, they, are lear they learn through doing. They don't learn through discussing concepts and strategies. They, they are tactile. They, they need, and many people need this, to be directly engaged. So I thought, well, if we teach our trainees to prepare the merchandise and do all the tasks to run the store, while they're doing that, they can learn some of the key core skills that I think are needed. 
Um, but I also felt that this wasn't about just doing tasks. It was about uh, learning how to uh, understand why we're doing something so that they can eventually generalize that and transfer it to another job environment because most people are not going to work in a used doll store as, mm-hmm. for their career. So generalization is very important. And mm-hmm. to be able to generalize, you need to understand why are you doing something? What are the implications of doing it? Um, being allowed to make decisions, taking some responsibility for for your work, um, understanding um, the consequences of what you do. So I said, you know, I, I would like to have social workers and psychologists there to help coach the trainees because it wasn't um, about making sure they did the task. It was making sure they understood the whys and then managing their frustrations and, um, and social challenges. So I opened uh, Girl Again initially in, uh, in um, when was it? <laughs> no, sorry, Drew, but, uh, February uh, 2014 in a little store in Hartsdale where it was, I'll call it a proof of concept. And then it was successful, so then I moved to White Plains, and we've been there for six years. And that's how I got started. That's fantastic. I, this, is, this is what um, kind of uh, grabbed my attention when I first learned about Yes, She Can. And, and for those of you listening, you can go to Yes, She Can, Inc., so yeshecaninc.org to find out more about this. It's a really great website with great pictures and a lot of information. But, um, you know, I just... I. I think that what you identified as an issue is something that is um, getting more and more recognition throughout the field and also just generally in, in, in communities and um, as more education and awareness is, is occurring around um, autism and, uh, and employment specifically, which is the, the lack of appropriate um, training and experience on what we call soft skills, right? All those things you were talking about, the relatability to other people, the fact that even though you may want to work in a field that, that is something that's your passion, if it's a, a job, it's not really about the way you might play with that item or utilize that item. It's actually about what the customer is asking for. So um, so you need those skills, and, and that has been proven time and time again. The, the lack of those um, that appropriate training in those soft skills is leads directly in many cases to the termination of a of a job uh, opportunity for so many people because um, they might have all the skills related to the actual task, but the interaction with other people, um, and again, that relatedness factor is really often what's missing and, and can be detrimental to the success of that opportunity. So I just love the fact that you, first of all, your head went to this place of, um, you know, that a lot of people probably have these dolls sitting around after they get used and loved and taken care of, but then somebody's, you know, moved on to the next thing and they're not using it anymore. Um, and as I'm reading this page and looking at um, learning the job skills at Girl Again, um, it just seems like it would be a joyful place. And, and also your your specific pickup on the fact that this had to be more than um, kind of a mock-up business opportunity that there needed to be that therapeutic support um, with your professional coaching. Also, it seems to be a really integral part of the, the uh, program. So can you, we're going to take a break in about four or five minutes, but before then, can you um, just give us an example? Like tell us a story from back in 2014, maybe remember back to one of the first um, first uh, people who came to work at, um, at Girl Again and what that experience was like for them. Like, were, were you surprised to see success right away, or were there obstacles you hadn't expected? Well, uh, you know, there were two stories that came to mind. One, one happened more recently, but originally we were in, we rented a 
125 square feet. This is like half the size of a bedroom inside somebody else's store. So if we had a coach, a trainee, and myself, and a customer walked in, one of us actually had to walk out into the... So it was so tight. But one day, uh, our trainee, um, and we were using uh, a device called Square, which is uh, like a swipe for Mm -hmm. credit card processing. Sure. And a little girl walked in and had $100 in her hand in single-dollar bills and was all excited about buying a doll that was rare. And so it was priced high because we price... We try. We price lower than eBay, but we still price so that we can generate some money because right. 40% of the revenue, by the way, from the store funds our program. So she walks in with a $100 bill. She's seven or eight years old, and um, there was probably some tax or something. And uh, the mother said, oh, well, I'll pay the rest of it on the credit card. And my trainee said, oh, no, you can't do that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and no. she really got very rigid. Now, we had never done a split transaction before, but uh, she really had a hard time realizing that there must be a way that we can solve this problem, even if we've never established a rule for it. And um, there are so many things that happen in the world that we don't anticipate, you know, that... Uh, but we have to learn how to be flexible for them. Even if we mm-hmm. say to the customer, well, we don't know how to do that, but we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is the biggest challenge when we just assume that we can make a rule for everything. Because, you know, 80% of the time rules may work, but there's 20% right. of the time when you need to use some discretion. And if we don't teach our um, trainees how to think through a problem, then they'll never be able to use discretion. And that's right. when things, that, so then emotional regulation, you know, problem happens because they don't have a rule to turn to and they have no comfort in their own ability to take a risk because probably they've always been used to somebody telling them how to do something and they're afraid to um, make their own decisions. So that's a big, important part of what we do. Yeah, I, that that comes through loud and clear, and I love the way you captured it, that there really cannot be a rule for everything. Um, and uh, and so what you're doing through Girl Again is um, teaching the, the specific job skills and hopefully attracting a workforce, and clearly from that first story, attracting a customer base, um, and at the same time having to find really creative ways to teach <laughs> Sort of to teach the rule that, that there isn't always a rule, and that um, that sounds lofty. And when we come back from our break, I want to hear more about how you go about doing that or how your, your team goes about doing that. Um, give us an update on, on who's working in the store and how it's going, and then hopefully we can also spend a little time hearing about your plans for the future. Um, but for right now, we're going to take a quick break. This is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. In this time of unprecedented challenges, we've seen kindness and resilience light the way. Countless heroes are making courageous sacrifices for the greater good, and the team at Anderson Center for Autism are among those heroes. With tireless dedication and unwavering compassion, they're giving everything they've got to protect the health and well-being of people with special needs. On behalf of the Anderson family, they extend their heartfelt thanks. You are true humanitarians. Thank you for inspiring us every day and for all you're doing to light the way. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, 
you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council. Welcome back to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm speaking today with Marjorie Mathis, the president of a great organization called Yes, She Can, Inc., and we're talking specifically about the boutique, the um, the uh, used American Girl doll boutique called Girl Again, where you are teaching job skills um, as well as, I would say, life skills. And um, and to, to quote a former guest on the show, I think helping uh, the, the folks who work in the store to find a way to follow their own intrinsic motivation. We had a good conversation about intrinsic motivation, which is a difficult thing to teach and to facilitate for someone else, but providing an opportunity to follow a dream and a passion and help it turn into something very um, productive and, and successful business-wise um, is, is one of those ways that you can do it. So congratulations on your success thus far. Um, and Marjorie, if Let, you can Do just you mind jump, if I just mention something about the yeah. intrinsic motivation? I just that struck sure. me because... Um, when I started this, it was because my daughter's passion for American Girl, and I didn't anticipate that uh, she what she calls is um, you know temptation alerts. So she's working there, but she wants the stuff, and I didn't really think that that would be um, something that might um, actually inhibit her from being more productive. But a, a lot, not everybody who comes to our program really cares that much about the product, but they understand their learning skills. But we did have one young lady who adores this product, and particularly the original historic dolls and some of the um, dolls that have uh, personas. She takes the subway from Queens to Grand Central. She takes the train from Grand Central to White Plains. She walks the two blocks to the store, and she's given an assignment to dress a doll in an outfit of which we only had four of the five original pieces. We were missing the original pants, but I found a pair of pants that looked very similar. So I said, well, these are similar. And she says, no, I can't do that. It's not authentic. And I said, okay. well, uh, I said, well uh, do you think another eight-year-old girl will like it? And she could not process that, but it's not authentic, she said. I said, well, your manager's telling you to do this. It's the business. It's for the business priority because we want to sell the doll. I probably would never get the original pants back. And she still refused to the point where she got very anxious and upset and needed to spend some time recovering. So... You know, there's this balance between, I just, you know, discovered myself, between having a passion for what you're doing, but also realizing this isn't a hobby, it's a business. And there's, you know, business priorities, and um, and that's a very hard, I've discovered it's a very hard lesson to teach. So when you talked about intrinsic motivation, they're motivated, but very much 
from your own perspective as opposed to the business perspective. So, so that's how did, kind so, of the so let's follow that. So that's an interesting story and experience. Um, and I, I would think that maybe it, it might not be the the only time you've had an experience like oh, that. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it play out? Did did that young lady continue to work at the store? Was she able to eventually process maybe with some support? Because the, the, that's like a great example of, you know, um, somebody who says, whether it's dolls or computers or anything, you know, I love this, and so I'm going to, this is what I'm going to be good at, and everybody should just sort of let me do my thing because this is my passion and my expertise, versus you're coming in from the business side saying, you're not necessarily thinking about the customer who would still be willing to buy this, and we need to sell it in order for the business to to stay sustainable. So what? how does that all end up? So it's a constant balance, balance on how much to push somebody. And mm-hmm. I'm not a psychologist or a psych- social worker, so I've been taught by our staff also, um, you know, to think of our people as, you know, rubber bands and how much can you stretch them before they snap. And when I realized that for this young lady, she there was a certain point I couldn't push her any longer, I decided, okay, I'm not going to give her that assignment. Now, remember, we're not employers. We're in the training business. If she were to be working somewhere, an employer might eventually say, you know what, I'd, I'd rather have somebody do B-plus level work and not have to deal with the hassle of this than to have somebody who does A-level work but have to have these you know, back-and-forth arguments. And that's my worry, to be honest, is um, you know, we have people who... Uh, for example, right now everybody's working from home, and um, we sent product to home, and we said, well, we're going to teach them how to put things on our online store, and that requires some photography, and a lot of people are collectors of this stuff, so they want to see things from every angle. So we have someone right. who will take 24 pictures of a doll outfit from every single angle, and we have to say to her, how much is enough? And there is, there is, there's no definition of how much is enough to answer that question. Okay. And, right? And so should she spend an hour photographing something that we might charge $25 for? Well, if she were being paid even the minimum wage, you know, there is no margin for a business to handle that. So, so you spent, you know, let's say $15 for an hour of photography of an item we're going to sell for $25. It's... Um, these kind of lessons that have a, a huge amount of subtlety, and then you have to see how they respond. And they're not going to. Nobody's going to learn. Nobody learns anything in one you know shot. So they have to have a similar experience again. One of the challenges in the real world, you can't keep recreating the same problem over and over again so they can practice it, right? Right. <laughs> so I can't. I, so I couldn't have another customer come in and uh, and 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 or I couldn't have another doll the next day and say, oh, I have four of the. Five pieces of the original right. outfit. It's hard no, to read. That's what's exactly. so tricky because there, yeah. there is no, yeah. this goes back to the fact that there is no rule, one rule for everything. It's yeah. flexibility. So well, I, I would I, say that it's, you know, doing, working from home has become a whole different experience um, because the model was that we had two coaches, a paid coach and a volunteer coach working around a table with four trainees um, in the store where the trainees and the customers could see each other. And if a customer walked in, there was always a trainee assigned to go greet the customer. And if a customer called, there was another trainee assigned that day to answer the phone. Now they're all at home. We're using Zoom. Um, We can't be on Zoom for three hours. The trainees aren't having that same degree of interaction where they can, you know, show somebody 
Well, that's one of the odd things. We want them to stop being so dependent on, on coaches and managers and learn to yeah. work with their peers. Well, remotely, they can't turn to the peer and say, look at this. Do you think this is good enough to sell, or should we put this in the, uh, you know, in the, in, in the garbage? Or, or should we send this, you know, my husband fixes doll furniture, so should we send this to Paul so he can fix it, or do you think this is, you know, good enough for a customer? They can't do that back and forth, but that's also essential at work. You can't keep going to your manager. You have to learn how to find resources in your organization that you can trust to collaborate with. And that, that's, that is a little bit harder to do that through yeah. Zoom. Right. Well, again, you know, it, it comes back to a lot of things we've been talking about, flexibility, um, so many things. That, the reason why it's important to have these conversations, uh, I think, over and over again is is to, to help everybody recognize that some of the things that um, some of us may take for granted and not really think very much about is our ability to take in a general set of guidelines and expectations and then adapt them. And you're talking about, um, you know, uh, that being a, an important part of a business model um, and working with employees, um, whereas somebody who's, you know, all good when everything sort of works in that one uh, experience that they're expecting but really needs to go get some help immediately when something is even a little bit off can can have an effect. So so I guess in, in closing, because we only have a couple more minutes, Marjorie, um, what, are your, what are your plans and hopes for the future of, of Girl Again? Right now everybody's working from home. It's a little bit of an unknown situation. It's very fluid. Um, but obviously, it seems like you're in this because it has had a positive impact um, overall and you feel passionate about it. So what are your plans for the future? Well, my concern is um, there will be a stall, I believe, in hiring of people with disabilities. And what else can we do? So, by the way, we don't do any job placement ourselves. We don't have the staff or the funding to do right. that. But we turn to other organizations. Um, and not not much is happening there. So what else can we work with? What other skills can our trainees develop? So we are working on teaching them some uh, skills, for example, on marketing. You know, how why would you write a blog post, um, and how would that benefit uh, the organization? Okay. How, how can you use Instagram to help the company? How can you... Um, uh, uh, do um, some, we're actually going to teach them how to do podcasting. So I decided Good. to combine this opportunity to do podcast, learn how to do podcasts with some skills about informational interviewing. So, you know, most people don't get their jobs by looking in the newspaper and, you know, applying and getting the job. They do it through their network. And we're going to focus a lot on teaching people how to network, how to explore opportunities, and we're and along with this project of teaching them how to do podcasts, so they're going to learn how to do interviews, and then they'll record one. And hopefully, this will be sort of two two skills they'll learn: a little bit of a technical skill and a little bit of a um, uh, social, uh, social, a business social skill to learn as well. So that's one thing we're, we're really excited about. So you're branching um, out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And and another thing is we've been working with a woman in the area who um, who has a company called 100% Beads, and she needs people to do bead stringing because she then takes that as sort of her uh, middle stage and then does some more um, fabrication and, and, and so forth. And some of our trainees um, have recently been hired by her. So we're, uh, we're working on different kinds of employment opportunities that are that can be done remotely and, and getting our employees, uh, our trainees, uh, 
little more experience with some other uh, work environments. Well, and, that sounds, um, that sounds yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I'm sorry, I have to wrap things up, but that sounds okay. really like a success story in terms of a trainee in your business uh, getting hired to do um, to do some related work, but not exactly mm-hmm. the same work somewhere else. That's yeah. kind of how I would see uh, a really successful outcome be. Um, I know I want to mention before we go that you have um, rescheduled your your um, your gala uh, to a virtual event. I think it's on September 30th. And can people go to your website for more information about that? Yes, yes, she can, inc.org, and at the top it says events, and our event is called the Advocates for Adults with Autism Awards, and we have four people who are being awarded uh, um, and recognized, and we'll be doing that on September 30th. That sounds great, and I I, uh, really appreciate you coming on the show today to talk about Yes, She Can, Inc., and Girl Again, and your experiences and challenges, and and your honesty about, you know, some of the realities of of doing this, but um, also the successes, and we wish you all the best in the future, so thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. This is 1 in 54, the weekly podcast on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 